Uh, so here's what we want to do. Uh, April and I, over the next three weeks, we just want to talk to you about relationships. And I don't want to get super political. I don't even want to get super like in the weeds at the beginning here. Uh, but as we were praying in the back uh, in our green room, I just felt the Lord quicken my spirit and, and around this idea that culture is trying to change the way to do marriage. Culture is trying to change the way to do relationships. We are redefining it. In fact, I'll just tell you this without giving you all the details because it'll be too much at the beginning. Uh, my son, I didn't even tell you this, Liam, our 12-year-old son, I'm watching the Gators lose to Kentucky last night, sad day. Um, but as Liam came over to me, he showed me this video, and it was a video of a pastor who uh, was not living right and was in a relationship that he shouldn't have been in and believed in things that he shouldn't believe in. And Liam looks at me and says, Dad, is this guy really a pastor? And it caused me just to, to be reminded that culture's trying to change the way to do relationships. And so what we want to do is we just want to bring it back to the biblical way of why God designed relationships and why he designed marriage and why he designed us to do it the way that, that he always wanted us to do it. And, and ultimately, our marriage is a gift from God, so we're a gift to each other, but really we're a gift to the world. So a marriage should really be, like your greatest desire for your marriage should be that it will be a sign and a wonder yeah. to the world. So when they look at your, so people from the, the outside look at your marriage, you're like, wow, like look what God did yeah. with those two people. Yeah, a good sign and wonder, yeah. not yeah. a bad sign. <laughs> like, dear God, what happened to that? That is a sign that I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> uh, so here's where we want to begin, okay? Because you know us, and, and April hates these parts, but I think it's fun. Uh, I hear a lot of you are like, I can't wait to hear you guys talk because we never know what's going to come out of your mouth when you guys talk. So I, I just came up with a couple questions just to kind of okay. get the ball rolling, and then we'll bring it back Jesus. Can we do that? Okay. okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So we're going to answer this question. I would encourage you to answer this if you're in a relationship or if you're married or if you've got kids or whatever. Uh, so here's the first question. If I had known blank before marriage, I would have done blank. Okay, so I have a, quite a few for this one. So to narrow it down, this will probably be the fun. If, if I would have known... Actually, I'm like debating literally as I said that word, which one to say, but I'll go with this one. If I would have known that he would spend all of his hobby time playing golf, I probably would have actually took it serious and learned to golf when I was in high school. Whoa! <laughs> I, listen, because I, I used to golf with him, and then it became like, you're not doing that right, April. Do, do it this way, and it's just not fun anymore. So I stopped golfing with you. Wow. Listen, I, I don't even know what just came out of her mouth, but the fact that she put golf and being with me in the same sense, I was like, I used we're to done preaching, clubs. we're going home. I, was, I, I used to have golf clubs. I know you did. And then I got rid of them. Because so are we going to do was, that again? It was, it's not really fun okay, anymore. All right. Okay, if, here, here's a good one. Um, if I would have known, I feel really bad about mine because yours was so sweet, although you dig me at the end of yours. Okay. I, don't, yeah, um, I don't know if it was that sweet. If, if I would have known you weren't going to baby me when I was sick the way that somebody babied me when I was sick growing up, I would have matured a lot easier, a lot quicker, quicker. in our marriage. I would have matured. Yeah. Because here's what I realized. It's all a maturity thing, and I would have done that. Yeah, yeah. Anything you want to add on to that? Any commentary on that? No. I mean, when somebody says just to take medicine, you shouldn't have to, like, have someone, like, give it to you. Like, just go get the medicine out of the cabinet. <laughs> and okay. you don't have to ask, you don't have to ask, 
Now, I took this. Can I take this? Like, it's Tylenol. Yeah. It's not, you can mix it with other things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very OCD about that. All right, moving on. We said we weren't going to be quick with this. So then he calls his mom. <laughs> For the first five years, I called my mom without telling April I called my mom. Um, then she caught me, and then those days are long gone. I All think right. I caught you when you broke your foot and she had come to visit us. We weren't living down here. You broke her foot, she'd come to visit us. And you like wanted her to do everything for you. And I'm like, I've been with you for like the last two weeks with your broken foot and you've done everything like I've just told you. Do we you, need some healing on this still? I don't know. Okay. I, just, I remember that. Okay. I All remember right, that part. Okay. If you could change one thing uh, about me, what would be that one thing? I'm not answering this question, by the way. I don't really have a lot to, that, to change. You should make it fun. Does that be serious? Probably like the obsession with our grass. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like for the first probably 10 years of our marriage, if I couldn't find you, you were out watching the sprinklers. Yeah. I still do that. Just, <laughs> I've gotten better at you not catching me at that. Uh, if I could change. Were you just outside watching the sprinklers last night last in the backyard? Night I, was, yeah. I thought I heard them. It was fun. <laughs> um, if I could change one thing about you, I would change your obsession with how to make the bed mm. and the amount of pillows that go on the bed. Here's the problem with the bed, is that when she asks <laughs> me to help her make the bed, anxiety invades my body in that moment. Come on, man, anybody else with me? So I just, it's made, not that hard. why don't I just put the pillows on the bed and you do it? So, all right, let's, <laughs> let's go serious now. Okay. Um, we've been married now, be 22 years in August, mm -hmm. 21 years being married. So. That's a long time for some people yeah. and not a long time for some people, but we've made it. Yeah. The D word hasn't come up very much in our marriage. We try to eliminate the D word as much as possible. Um, what would you say, and I, I don't know the answer to this, what would you say that has been the key to success of getting to 21 years in marriage? Well, I would say for me is just grace and forgiveness. Yeah. Like learning, like understanding, which means you first have to understand how, you know, God, how much God loves you and for, has forgiven you yeah. and able to, and the grace that he's given you to give it to someone else. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I, I would say for me, and this is, this is just be real vulnerable. This is something that I'm continuing to grow in even after 21 years of marriage. And my prayer is that for the next 21 years, I'm even better at this, a whole lot better at this than I was the first 21 years. And that is really to love you as Christ loved the church, to treat you the way that Christ treated the church. And I'm even right now, as I'm on this stage preaching to our people, I'm reminded of the ways that I've not done that. And I failed time and time and time and time again. And so I cling to the times where I've done that. And I commit to you that the next 21 years, I want to love you the way that Christ loves the church. So that, that's what I would say. All right. Ephesians chapter five. If you have your Bible turned there, I just want to, I want to read this and then I want to pray. Because here's what I feel like we need to do. I think we need to go back to what the Bible says about marriage. I, I think for many of us, we can redefine it, culture, the news, policies, and political systems, and presidents and governments can try to redefine it. But let me tell you, at the very beginning, what did Jesus say? You need no king. I'm the only king you need in your life. I'm your authority. And this is what he said, Ephesians chapter 5. And further, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. 
He is the savior of his body, the church, and the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. And there's a lot there. For husbands, this means love your wife as Christ loved the church. Man, we forget that part. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cared for the church, 30 and 31. And we are members of this body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are debak, united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are what? Are one. So again, I say to each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Father, as we dive into this content over the next three weeks, I ask you to speak God, I pray that we would break down every tradition, every religious thought that we've ever thought, every idea of a person in our mind that did not model this the right way, and we cling to your word. May you speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Starting a new series. If you grab your notes, grab your notes. If you don't have your notes, grab your notes. But uh, we're starting a new series called We, You Plus Me Equals We. And just so we can gauge our audience, how many of you, you are not married, but you Think one day you'd like to be married. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, this is a dating service right here. Stand on up if that's you and you want to get married. Just kidding, just kidding. How many of you, you are married? In the room, raise your hand. You are married. You didn't let me finish the question. And you would like to choose another spouse than the one that you are with. Keep your hand raised. Yeah, no thank you, right? Some of you are like, no, no, it's true about me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the reason why we're doing this series uh, right there because... Listen, marriage is hard. So here's the big idea we want to talk about today. If you're taking notes, write it down. To really be fulfilled in life, you must find the one. Now, when I say the one, we're going to redefine it, not based on what the notebook says or the Hallmark movies say. We're going to redefine what we mean by the one. To have everything you would hope for to have everything that you would wish for, for, to have a life the way that you want it to be, movies say. In order to have the life fulfilled that you need, you must find the one. Now, if you're single in this room, you're like, you're really offending me already because I'm not married and I don't have a spouse. Hold up, before you throw tomatoes, hold on because I'm gonna, we're gonna lean in on this in just a minute. But in order for your life to be fulfilled, you must find the one. Dr. Holly Hine in her book, Sexual Detour. Listen to what she said. She said 70% of married men and 60% of married women will have affairs before that marriage is over. 70% of men and 60% of women. She goes on, I would encourage you to go read the book. It is not a Christian book. Go read it on your own, but I want you to stop. Listen to me, church. Stop and feel the pain Stop and feel the tragedy of what that is like. 
she said that 50% of couples will not stay married for more than 15 years. She also said that every 10 to 13 seconds, a couple in America is getting divorced. Listen, can I just say this to you? Something is wrong with the way that we've done relationships. Something isn't working right. I want you to picture this. Picture that tomorrow morning you get up and you get a phone call. But it's a phone call from God. You're like, that would never happen. I know, imagine with me, okay? Imagine with me. But God calls you and God says one statement to you and that's it. He says this. You have a 50% chance of dying tomorrow. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I know about us. We would do some things different. If I were to go to work, I would do work a little bit different. If you have kids, I would be dad a little different. If I'm married, I would do marriage a little bit different. If I knew that I had a 50% chance of dying tomorrow, I would live today different knowing that there's a really good chance I meet Jesus tomorrow. Think about this. If you divide this room up, it is a 50% chance that half of us will get divorced before we meet Jesus face to face. That's staggering to me. It's scary to me. It is fearful to me that we as a culture, we don't understand how to do marriage. So here's what I want to do. I'm asking you to do two things over the next three weeks. I'm asking you to commit to two things. Number one, I'm asking you, we are asking you to commit to be here over the next three weeks. If you can't be here in person, be online. But if you can cancel whatever you've got on Sunday to be here over the next three weeks, we're gonna build on what we're gonna talk about today. Then secondly, at the end of this message, we're gonna give you a challenge. And I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna ask you to commit to daily doing the challenge that we're asking you to do. There's gonna be an assignment. I'm convinced that if you'll do this week's assignment every day, you'll do next week's assignment every day, and then you'll do the third week's assignment every day. Here's what most psychologists tell us, that it takes 21 days to build a habit. And I think over the next 21 days, if we can do some things differently, we will see our relationships go to the place that God wants them to go. Can I get a better amen? Amen, amen, amen. All right, so let's turn to Matthew 22. And in verse 37, it said, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. So God's, so Jesus is telling us our first commandment is to love God. Our, and then the, the second is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's everybody else in your life. That's not your, always your literal neighbor. neighbor. It's other, the other people in your life. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. So people will ask all the time when they're they're dating or they're, you know, they're young and they're like, you know, is this the one? Like maybe they're thinking about marriage and like, is this, is this the one? Have I found the one? Where do I, if you're still looking for it, maybe where do I find that one? Where's the pool of all the ones? Um, And we, you know, would just really encourage you that you're not looking for your one. You're looking for your two. Yeah. Your one has already found you, and that is God. So God is your one, and your spouse 
is needs to always be your number two. So that's why we say yeah. we're going to pursue our two because our spouse is not our number one in our life. Yeah. We have been called to love God first. So if you're going to be fulfilled in life, you not just have to find your two, you got to actually walk in relationship with God, who is the number one. And that is the biggest deal. I think even, you know, like I said, grace and forgiveness is probably the one thing that I feel like has, has sustained our marriage because yeah. we've had some really rough yeah. seasons of our marriage, but grace and forgiveness have sustained it. But I could never give him grace and forgiveness if I didn't understand grace and forgiveness for yeah. myself. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, yes, he can teach me grace and forgiveness, but I have to accept it from God, my father, yeah. to even be able to give it to anybody else. So over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about some promises. I also think before you go into yeah. that, I also think it's, when I, when I think about our relationship, and maybe you would admit this as well, there's a lot of times where I think we could have used the yeah. D word. We could have ended this years and years ago if it wasn't for you pursuing your one yeah. and me pursuing our one. I think about all the disagreements that you and I have had, and we talk about this a lot. It's about you going and being with your one yeah. and me going and being with my one. Because yeah. when I pursue my one, it changes every other element of my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. When I am good here, nine times out of 10, I'm gonna be good here. Yeah. If I'm good here, I'm going to be good at my workplace. If I'm good here, when I am spending all of my yeah. time pursuing my one, focused on Jesus, focused on being the son that he's called me to be, focused on being in the word, focused on listening to worship music, focused on serving his bride, when I'm focused on him, this naturally just becomes what it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right? so many times we want to fix we want to fix each other and fix fix the thing, fix the marriage. And really, like you said, like if if you're not walking in a healthy relationship with Christ and you're not you haven't really found freedom yeah. in your relationship or freedom in your life, really the bondage of yourself is just gonna pour over yeah. into your marriage. So there's so much of like of that one relationship that has to be um, so mature. And so cultivated, even more than your marriage needs to be cultivated. Your relationship with Christ has and to be I think, cultivated. I think what's so helped us for life. 21 years is we've been really good. And I would encourage you, especially if you're younger in the room, I would encourage you to push your spouse to go pursue the, yeah. their one. Like push them. The more I push her, hey, why don't you go take a couple days? We're kind of walking in that season right now where I'm like, babe, I think you just need a couple days just to spend with Jesus, just to cultivate and just spend time with him, getting away with Jesus. Why? Why? Not because I want God to fix her. Just because I know she sees who she really is when she spends yeah. time with Jesus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, that's a lot better preaching than you're hearing today. Do you yeah. understand that? Yeah. I am not the clear person to define who she is. God is the one. Yeah. Before he was for, she was formed in her mother's womb, God knit her together. Yeah. God put purpose inside of her, vision inside of her. And the more time she spends with Jesus, the more effective she is, the better daughter she is, the better wife that she is, the better mother she is. Yeah. Yeah. So as spouses, we got to push each other to go spend time with our one. Yeah, yeah that's good. Like it's a huge deal. Yeah, I yeah. think we miss that a lot. Yeah. I think we spend, and I'm all for counseling. I'm sorry. I'm all for counseling, and I'm all for books, and I'm all for retreats. I'm all for all of that. But what has helped us is her going, you need a walk. Go take a walk. 
We need a 10-minute break. Go spend time with Jesus because when I get out of my 10-minute break and now we sit back at our couch to have the conversation, Joey's different because I've spent time with Jesus. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, sorry, off script. That might be another message. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But, you know, by nature, we all pursue the things that we don't have. We normally are not really satisfied with what's sitting in our house. We're like, I I want that, so I'm going to go pursue that. So, you know, examples are, you know, when when you're in that dating season and men will do whatever they they need to do to get the girl. And most of the time, they're not even, they're they're becoming somebody different. Like they'll go watch chick flicks or they'll drive hours to go see them. And this isn't just an age thing. No. No offense. I've seen some (laughs) older couples that are right now dating in our church. And I'm like, you would have never done that two years ago. (laughs) But they want, they they are pursuing, they're they're pursuing that person that they want to be their number two. And so, um, and then when you get married, you know, you finally step into that marriage relationship. There's we kind of forget about the pursuing or the pursuit yeah. Yeah. or the um, the cultivating yeah. the relationship, doing things that we normally wouldn't do. We, yeah. In our marriage, we, norm- we don't really have the mindset, well, our marriage doesn't look like that, so let's really pursue that. Yeah. We, it's just, we're like, oh, we're married. It's good. Hey, we didn't fight today. We're not divorced. Yeah. Our kids are okay. And, the bulk- and, that's, and God has so much more for you. He has so much more for your marriage than just that. And when, when, you, when your marriage gets to the place where it's just sharing content back and forth, hey, we got this at this, we got this at this, we got this at this, and you've got this, and I've got this, and I get this, high five. You know what, you're, you're no longer married, you're actually roommates. Or you're just, God, par- you're just co-parenting. Yeah, God, God never called you <laughs> yeah. to do that. Yeah. And for most of us, if we're being honest, and listen, our, our, our mission around here is that we're real. So you could sit there and be stuffy and go, this ain't for me, I'm good. My marriage is good. Everything's great. You may be great, but she's dying on the inside. She's dying because she's craving something. And I think for most of us, we stop pursuing. I think for many of us, we've just stopped pursuing. We've never pursued. I mean, think about this. Think about your own life. Think about personally. What in your life has ever been good by you not pursuing that? Oh, we're going to go there. How about our bodies? Well, I mean, you know what? I'd like to lose 10 pounds. And so you pray about it. And guess what happens? Nothing. And you talk about it. Guess what happens? Nothing. You buy the machine, the membership. Guess what happens? Nothing. You drive there and look at the sign and then drive away. Why? Nothing changes. Nothing. You're not your body. Your physical body will never be what you want it to be if you don't pursue that. I I think about this. How how, how about uh, your business? Well, I just want to grow my business. If, if, If you don't pursue a better business, if you don't pursue some models to make your business more successful, you're never gonna have a successful business. It takes effort and pursuit. Your yard, anybody else love their yard like I do? Yeah, come on somebody. And you do what I do. You go out there, you set the sprinklers, you fertilize, you mulch it, and you stare at it. Why? Because you pursue it. 
You don't want your yard to look like your neighbor's yard. In fact, you're ticked off when you go inside. Honey, you'll never believe it. So-and-so's yard. Why? Because they're not pursuing their yard the way that you do. And, and why? We, we naturally think about all these things, but for some reason we just think, ah, I've been married so long, it doesn't matter anymore. What would your spouse say at your funeral about you? What would be said? So here's the promise we're making today. Throw it up on the screen. And I want you to do this, and we're gonna give you action steps to do this, is I promise to always pursue my two. In fact, to help you with that, we've got some volunteers in the back. We're gonna begin to hand these out so you can hand them out whenever you want. If you're married or if you're dating, raise your hand. Come on, just raise them up. Come on, everybody, everybody. Married, dating. We've got, we got, come on, guys, hand them out. Hand them out, hurry, hurry, hurry. Hand them out, hand them out. Quickly, quickly, quickly. So we want you to grab one of these. I want you to take one of these, and I want you to wear it. I want you to put it on. I, I don't need you to wear it forever. I don't need you to wear it until Jesus comes back. I don't need you to wear this as you enter the pearly gates into heaven. But what I do want you to do over the next three weeks is I want you to wear this little band. And on the, on the band it says, hashtag pursue my two. And that's exactly what we want you to do over the next three weeks is we want you to, to intentionally pursue your two. To think about ways where you can pursue your two. Car cleaning, date nights, make the bed. You're pursuing your two. And then what we wanna do is we wanna flood social media. So what I want you to do this week is I want you to pursue your two. I want you to take a picture. I want you to post it on social media or you can send it to our team. And we want to post them and see, watch our couples continuing to pursue their two in a way that says, I love you, I value you, I respect you, I worship the God who's inside of you, I'm going to love you the way that Christ loved the church. Can we do that? Can we do that? I think one of the reasons why, you know, marriage is so important and the family, I mean, the family is based off of marriage, but is that really, it's the foundation of our Christian, like of our Christian faith. Yeah. I mean, it's really what's going to build the church and the next generation is having healthy marriages that produce healthy children yep. that then can get married and they have a healthy marriage that then produce, you know, another set of healthy children. And, and that's all, it's this cycle yep. that we have to get on this healthy cycle of healthy marriage, healthy children, healthy marriage, healthy children yep. to really claim back yep. what God is intended for yep. it. And what the enemy has stolen. Yep. And that's why over the next three months or so, we're putting a huge emphasis on marriage. That's why we're doing this little mini series. That's why we're doing the couples one day. That's why after the couples one day, we're gonna plug you into couples groups. Why? Because where your marriage goes, so goes your generation. Listen, I don't know what your generational curse is over your family. The generational curse over my family is divorce. My entire family is pelted with divorce. I mean, I, I can't even look at any part of my family, mom or dad, and not see divorce. It's riddled with divorce. And God has made it clear to my brother and I, we are changing the generational curse that is on the Atkins name. Yeah. Changing it. Yeah. We're changing it. And I can't just say it from a stage. We got to do it. Yeah. 
We got to change it. Genesis 2, 24 says this. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and they are united. Say united. United. They are united to each other and they become one flesh. Genesis is written in the original uh, Hebrew. And the Hebrew word for united is the word debak. Debak, D-A-B-A-K. It's spelled da-bak. And here's what it means. We forgot it. Here's what it means. It means to cling or to adhere. It means to catch by pursuit, to pursue hard, to be affectionate, to have devotion. It would be like me taking two pieces of construction paper and I had both of them, a pink one and a blue one, and I took some glue and I put the glue on one side and put them back together. How many of you know it's really easy to be put together, those two construction pieces of paper? But it should be really, really hard to tear it apart. We've made divorce so easy. we made get out of health tickets so easy. We have made just, I don't want it so easy. But what I want you to know is the moment you rip off those two construction paper, a piece of me is always with her and a piece of her is always with me. Why? Because the original intent of marriage was that we would debauch. We would be united in one flesh, that we would pursue each other, pursue hard, there would be affection and there would be devotion. So we shouldn't pursue until marriage, we should pursue until we meet Jesus face to face. Psalm 63 says, I follow close behind you. Job 41 says this, they are joined fast to one another. They cling together and they cannot be separated. Judges 20 says this, and they turned and fled towards the wilderness unto the rock of the Ramin, and they gleaned of them in the highways of 5,000 men. Listen to this. And they pursued hard after him. That's the word debak. They pursued hard after them and slew 2,000 men. Can I tell you what debak means? It means every single morning when you get up, you go to war. You go to war. Listen to me. This is not the notebook. This is not Titanic. This isn't Jack and Rose. This isn't a Hallmark movie. This is war. And every single morning, you are going to war with the devil, not with your spouse. Let me just say that. You are going to war with the devil, and you're saying to the devil, you will not win. I will stay married. I will stay together. We still will be together. We still will love each other. I debauch 21 years ago, and I'm going to cling, and I'm going to pursue them until I meet Jesus face to face. It's a war. And listen, in a war, you get bloody. In a war, you get sweaty. In a war, you use some armor that you should not use. But it's a battle. It's war. It reminds me of the story in Genesis of Jacob. You may not know this story, but Jacob really thinks this woman, Rachel's attractive. He loves her, loves her, loves her, loves her. He goes to his soon-to-be father-in-law, Laban, and he says, listen, I want to marry your daughter. I want her hand in marriage, Rachel. Would you give her to me? And Laban says, yeah, I'll give her to you, but I need you to work for me for seven years. Jacob says, absolutely, I'll do whatever. I want to be married to this woman. I want to pursue her in whatever way that you need me to pursue her. So I will work for you free for seven years so that you will give me your daughter. After seven years, he goes to Laban and he says, okay, seven years is up. Can I have Rachel? 
And now Laban pulls a psych, but he says, no, you can't have that daughter, but you can have this daughter. And, and Jacob goes, I don't want that daughter. I want that daughter. She's fine. I want her. And Laban says to Jacob, don't miss this. Laban says to Jacob, work for me for a seven, another seven years and I'll give you Rachel. Now, this is the part that gets missed in the story. Rachel and Jacob get married after the first seven years, but he still stays committed to pursue her and get her father's blessing even after he had already had her. Here's the point. Jacob pursued until marriage and Jacob pursued after marriage. Giving us the beautiful picture that pursuit isn't yeah. something we just do and tell. Pursuit is something that we do forever. Yeah. So I'm asking you to make a promise, and here's the promise. Yeah. I promise to always, 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 always pursue my two, whether I'm single or whether I'm married. Yeah. So we want to give you, like we said at the very beginning, we want to give you some assignments yeah. for your week, some tasks, some goals for your week. And so Practical. The first one is, when you think something good, say it. And, you know, we're taught in elementary school, yeah. if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, Bull. <laughs> most of us don't do that. We still don't say something nice. So, but I think even as adults, there's a lot of times we think something, like we, we, we see our spouse, even our kids, we see them and we think something really good like comes to our mind, like, wow, I'm so thankful they did that, or they did that so great, or they're so good at that, or they really made me feel this today. Yeah. And our pride usually yeah. keeps us from actually saying it because yeah. if you want to be, if we're all be honest, sometimes vulnerability within your marriage when like there's a little bit of friction, it's hard. It's hard, yeah. it's hard to show them that you, you, you're vulnerable or you feel this way because where's your, where, you know, when you're vulnerable, all of the protection comes yeah, down, the walls, you know, yeah. the walls come down. And so we just think, if you think it, say it. So this week, if you're driving to work and you think something really great about your spouse, text it to them. Even if you think something okay about your spouse, share that as well. <laughs> yeah. they, you know what I realized? Well, <laughs> you, you can't read my mind. Yeah. So just cause I think something in my mind, when you come out and you look beautiful and I'm like, mm. And if I don't say it, yeah. you don't know yeah. that I think yeah. it. I mean, it could be so simple as like one of our things is, is he never wipes the counter off when he brushes his teeth. And we don't share us. We don't share. Things, I thought we were supposed to say something still, good. But, say I, it. but, I, but there, that there are, again, there are days where like I actually see him wipe the counter off. And a lot of times I will say, thank you for wiping the counter off. Now I'm not really great about not pointing out when he doesn't do it. But, no, I'm going to throw you under the bus Maybe because just the other simple. day. You said, I noticed that you wiped off the counter and then you... No, you wipe off the sink. You the sink the and then you followed up with something negative. I need you to just be thankful that I wiped down the sink. This is a safe environment for me to share. Safe environment, safe environment, right? I guess. Uh, but it can be, so, I mean, any, anything so simple. Yeah. Any, it's so simple. Like, you know, thank you for you know, making me breakfast this morning. Thank you for heating up my tea for me, you know, or yeah. so like something just to say, Hey, you're really good at this. Yeah. Like maybe you have an interaction with somebody like there, there was a moment in our marriage where I realized that Joey had a, just had this way about talk, had this way of being able to interact with people that really like amazed me. Like, and I would, and he worked for this organization for a while where it was Lou Gehrig's disease and he interacted with a lot of the patients and their families. And I would watch him interact with them. And 
have conversations with these men who had been diagnosed with, with Lou Gehrig's disease. And, his, and I would just tell them, like, do you understand, like, how that's such a gift that God gave you? Like, I could think that for years and have never shared that with them. Yeah. But why, why not? Why, why not let him know that I'm proud of him? Why not let him know that there's simple things that are in his life and who God has created him to be that, you know, that bless me. So good. That make me happy. Thank you. So. And I'm a yeah. words of affirmation guy. Yeah. So when you think something, when you think something good, say it. So that's every time. How whether it's big or it's small, say it. So Hebrews three thirteen says, "But exhort one another daily." And we would all have to admit, exhorting each other and encouraging another is probably not a lot of our daily routines in our marriages. So, um, while it's called, like I said, I like how they say this: exhort one another daily, while it is called today. <laughs> Like, do it today. Don't wait till next week. Or, like, I'll tell him when we're on a date. Or I'll tell him on his birthday and his birthday yeah. card. <laughs> like, no, do it today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Yeah. So, you know, there's great things that we want to say about our spouse that we see. And then something happens. Yeah. Let me, let me and hit, we're hurt. Let me hit this one before yeah. you hit okay. the other one. So, men, here's what I want you to do. Men, here's, here's your goal. Men, I want you to pursue with words of affection. Bleh. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you, here's what words of affection are. Non-sexual. There you go. That's how you know. Something that doesn't lead to the bedroom. Words of affection. Words that go, I'm not trying to play a trick on you just to say, come on, let's go to the bedroom. <laughs> and here's how you do it. Let me tell you, this is key. This is huge. This is cookies on the bottom shelf. Here's how you do that. So you always say, I love you, right? Here's a trick. Women, close your ears. Here's the trick. Throw one word after the word you. I love you because. And then share it. It's words of affection. Yeah. I love you because you raise our kids. I love you because you stepped out of your, I'd, I'd say this to you right now. I love you that you stepped out of your comfort zone to commit to preach with me over the next three weeks. I know it's hard for you. I know it's difficult for you. You're so good at it and skilled at it, but I know that it drains you. And I just want to affirm you to say, thank you for doing that. Just something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Women. So women, we need to pursue with affirmation. So, um, I think that a lot of us think that men are very confident, and they are, they're confident, but they're still, you know, all of us can, can admit that within our husbands, there's still this little boy yep. that just wants to be affirmed. That was a loud amen. That was. <laughs> a loud amen. I, I think that might have been back there. Back there I, I'm just, I don't know who it was, but I'm going to pray for her husband right now. Pray for her husband. Just, and if she's single, I'm going to pray that she stops that attitude so she will get married. Just going to pray. No, but I mean, I, I, I think that as women, you know, we do it for our children. Our, our husbands still need to be affirmed too. They, they want to know that what they are doing is, is benefiting the greater good of their family. Yep. That, 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 they're, that they're being recognized, like the, their wives are recognizing their sacrifice that they're making, the commitment that they're yep. making. Maybe whether it's something that they're, a, a job they're doing that maybe is really easy for them, or maybe it's a job that like, is a, a new challenge for them, like to just affirm them, yeah. to, you know, and maybe even, even in their parenting, yeah. affirm them in their parenting, affirm them yeah. making the bed. Like there's yeah. so many different things, but they, but they need affirmation. Hit that, hit that next point. I think that's huge. Okay. That's so huge. if you want something different, then you have to be it. So you can't, you can't look at, um, 
maybe your parents' marriage and say, I want something different. I want to be different than my parents. I want to be different than, you know, this person's marriage. Or I just want, this is, you, you actually have to figure out how to do it. You can't just do the same thing yeah. that you saw your parents do or the same thing that you saw your grandparents do. You've got to do something different. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of us just putting God as your number one, yeah. is that something different? That's a, that's a very simple something different to do. Yeah, yeah. So you have man, nothing to lose. So, man, let me help you with this. Uh, I, I know that this can be a hard statement, but um, if you don't like what you're getting, then change what you're giving. If you, don't, if you don't like what you're getting or you don't like what you're getting enough of what you think you should be getting, can we leave that right there? If you don't like what you're getting, then it's important that you change what you're giving. Let me say yeah. it this way. What you'll give is what you'll get. Yeah. So if you give love, you'll get love. If you give grace, you'll get grace. Yeah. If you give affection, you'll get affection. And you're going, well, I already went through the drive through at McDonald's, and it, it, it didn't happen that quickly. Sometimes it takes a little time. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. To have something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. Single guys, listen. The reason why you're single is because you will not ask. Ask. If you want something different, then ask. Pursue the relationship. Stop thinking about it. Stop wondering about it. Walk across the room and just simply ask. Hey, I'd like to take you out on a date. I'd like to see if there's something here. I'd love, make sure they're not married first. Come on, somebody. <laughs> a little awkward if they're married, not married if they're married. So, but do it. Like, like, guys, it's time yeah. to grow up. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. I'm not being sexist when I say this, but, like, girls proposing to guys, like, we've jacked this whole thing up. Like, come on, men, be the leader. Step up. Well, what if she says no? She probably will, but that's okay. <laughs> and then let me flip it. You want to hit that? You know what I'm going to say about women right now? Girls, single girls? being so mean. Yeah. You want to hit that yeah. or you want me to? I think it better coming from you. Yeah, I would say, if yeah, stop being so critical. Stop expecting Prince Charming and this list that you've made in your head, probably based off of social media and a movie that you watched, because I'm going to tell you something, they don't exist. And so start looking at the, maybe there's a certain man that is pursuing, you're like, oh gosh, if they would just, this was just different about him, or if they did this, start looking at that maybe that's the exact person that God wants in your life. And maybe they don't have the job that you, you thought you were going to, yeah. you know, marry a man that had this kind of job or the money or the house or yeah. the looks. Like, love them, love the person yeah. that, made, that God has put in front of yeah. you. And then I just think, put yourself out there. Like, I, I, it's so sad to watch single people be afraid of the risk of their heart being broken. Yeah. Because wouldn't you rather your heart being broken and have the possibility of being loved yeah. than to never even have the possibility of love because you're trying to guard your heart from it being broken. I think it's a perfect example yeah. of the fear of something is actually greater than actually the yeah. fear happening. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of times we're so fearful. Think about our kids in roller coasters. What do you do? You beg them and beg. You're going to love it. 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 And then what happens? They get off the roller coaster like, Dad, let's do it again. <laughs> Why? They had to break through the fear. Yeah. And so what we're saying to you, single people, listen, just break through the fear. Guys, have some courage. Walk across yeah. the room. Ask him out on a date. And girls, stop being mean. Yeah. Listen, I'm just telling you, yeah. we're raising a 19-year-old boy. 
and he's dated a lot of girls and they're mean. Yeah. They're mean. Yeah. Like mean. I can't give you examples, but they're mean. Like I'm like, gosh, just stop being mean. Just be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah. Last thing is this. Married people. Well, it's just not like it used to be. Well, it's not supposed to be. Our marriage is totally different 21 years than it was a year ago, the first year. But listen, you've heard this before. If you want what you used to have, you're gonna do what you used to do. I see it this way. To get what you once had, you gotta do what you once did. So I was, we were with a couple last night. We were sitting with them, and they're a great couple. Marriage is great. Nothing with their marriage. Everything's great. But they said, we just don't get a lot of time together. And I told them I could share this with you guys today. I think this would be every married couple should invest in what I call the 777 principle. Every, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how, like, empty nester you are. There's something about not being in your house. You should, you should develop the 777. Here's what it is. Every seven days, you should have a date. Every seven days. Every seven days, you should be alone with your spouse. Every seven weeks, you need a night alone with your spouse. And as soon as I say that, I know you've got every reason, and you'll have every reason to continue in the same debacle that you're in. But every seven weeks, you need one night alone, just you two. And then every seven months, you need a weekend away with your spouse. Well, our kids and sports and this and that, that's fine. If you want to continue to have a mediocre marriage, then you will. But if you'll adapt and yeah. adopt the 777 principle, yeah. seven days, yeah. I'm on a date. Every seven weeks, yeah. I have one night alone. And every seven months, we are on a, yeah. we are on a distant, multiple days away. And, and if your kids um, are, like if they make comments to you, well, why don't we get to go? You guys are always out to, like, like well, actually, we're go like we tell our kids, they're like, why do you guys always go away without us? Like. Be, don't you want us to have a healthy, good marriage? Like, don't. No, you? I, I'll just tell them straight up what I tell my kids, and you're probably going to judge my parenting when I say this. You can ask Layla. You know what I tell my kids? I love you, but I love her way more than I love you. I tell them. Like, I literally tell my kids that. I love you, and you're special, and you're amazing, but you'll never be what this woman is to me. And you're like, you say that to your kids? Yeah. Because you know what? My kids are going to turn 18, yeah. and they're going to be out of the yeah. house but I'm going to be with her into my 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah. And if my kids learn anything, they're going, to, they're going to learn that my marriage is what is most yeah. important. Yeah. Last thought, and then we're yeah. done. It's this. We already said it to you, is that I will always pursue my two. So you've got a wristband. Did you get one? You've got a wristband. I want you to do that every day. Yeah. Every day this week. Pursue your two. Pursue your two. Whatever that looks like. Could be in actions. It could be in words. But pursue your two and watch all that you've wanted to accomplish in your relationship will change when you start pursuing them like you once pursued them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise? Can we praise Him?